Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside Dilu, and uh, now we turn our attention uh, to the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, the reigning defending uh, Big 12 uh, champions, and we uh, welcome Seth Oliveris into the fold uh, to uh, give us a preview on what to expect uh, from Oklahoma as they look to uh, make another run at a conference title and get back to the college football playoff. Uh, Dilu, going to be tough to pick against Oklahoma anytime we talk about uh, the Big 12 Conference. Uh, yeah, I mean, although they just about lost it last year. I mean, but that's... Yeah, there was never doubt last year. No. Never doubt. Yeah. Grant Calcaterra, one-handed catch. Yeah. In the end zone. Thing of beauty. No, I mean, they're, of course, the odds-on favorite. Um, it, it's somebody who doubted Lincoln Riley when he was hired, and I did. I thought they're taking they? a big gamble on this uh, supposed wonderkind who's uh, going to maintain the Bob Stoops tradition. Uh, but man, this is this is year three. This is year three for him. Uh, yes, that's correct. Granted, he's done it with two of the best quarterbacks in the country. But if you got a guy like Jalen Hurts coming in, if he can maintain that kind of talent at quarterback. Uh, which will be hard to do, but if he can keep that going, then that's a that guy's got to figure it out. Yeah, obviously he inherited Baker Mayfield uh, from uh, Bob Stoops, and then um, of course um, with uh, only one year of uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, however, he did have a year in the program. Uh, you, you have to remember that too. He wasn't. He had a whole year of setting out for the transfer, so he had a whole year exposed to the program and all that stuff. Um, however, with Hertz coming in here as um, a, a transfer, obviously a guy that has um, been play, has played the biggest games uh, that there is to play in college football. Uh, very interesting to see how he's gonna how he's going to. I guess move into that role as a quarterback because it, it isn't the uh, he's not exactly the air raid type quarterback in terms of his pedigree that uh, the previous two have been. That's true, though he's very talented, and for somebody with an offensive mind like uh, Riley has shown, uh, I would expect. Oklahoma to still have one of the top offenses in the country, especially with the weapons around him at the skill position, uh, skill positions. And so I, I think it'll be hard for them to match some of the sure. astronomic numbers uh, they've put up over the last two years. But that's the thing. I mean, what's crazy about what Oklahoma has accomplished over these last two years is that they've done this with, and this is putting it charitably, mediocre defenses. I oh, mean, I think that's very charitable. If you're being too kind, well, numbers last year weren't as bad as you might think. Um, they get beat up a lot on on yeah for the, their pace. But, sure, of course. Um, but certainly nothing close to a top forty defense, top thirty defense, anything like that. And it's certainly a defense below the level you'd expect for a top tier program like Oklahoma to have, and the kind of talent that they can attract. But if they can put together a defense, let's call it a top 35, top 30 defense, that's that's a, at least a reasonable expectation for a program like Oklahoma, then man, the sky is the limit 
for that team. Um, because uh, Riley has my trust on the offense, and if they can just shore up the defense a little bit, I mean, just get a little bit better, improve your position by 15 in the national rankings. And that is a team that's going to just cruise. Um, yeah, I think in um, I think as we we talk with Seth, I'm I'm excited to see kind of how he thinks maybe the with maybe Jalen Hurts a little bit uh, different type of offense, maybe not as many, much pace as you alluded to. Maybe that helps out that defense a little bit. Yeah, and obviously there's there's change on the defensive uh, side of the yes, ball. Yes, of course. Um, with Grinch coming in to uh, replace the carousel uh, of defensive coordinators last year, most uh, prominently Mike Stoops, who's overseen quite a few bad defenses for Oklahoma over the recent history. Uh, but I, if they can get that defense figured out over the next year, even over the end of the next three years, I, I think that this is a program uh, for as long as Lincoln Riley there is there that's uh, going to be just an absolute force. Can't disagree with any of that. Can't disagree with any of that. And uh, as I said, uh, we bring on Seth Olivares. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Seth Olivares and uh, also his work at uh, Crimson and Cream Machine. Uh, we welcome Seth into the podcast to talk about some OU football right after this. We welcome in uh, Seth Olivares. Uh, Seth writes uh, for the Crimson and Cream Machine, a SB Nation blog covering Oklahoma football. And uh, you can find his work there, as well as keep up with him on Twitter at uh, Seth Olivares. Uh, you can find all of his work, and uh, they do a great job covering uh, Oklahoma football over there at Crimson and Cream Machine. And uh, speaking of cream, uh, they are the cream of the crop of the Big 12 Conference here as uh, four straight Big 12 titles for OU, uh, making to look at, making, uh, looking to make it their fifth uh, in a row here uh, with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and uh, we welcome Seth in here. Seth, how are you doing today? Hey, guys, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Hey, doing real well. Uh, thanks for uh, making some time for us today uh, to talk a little OU football. Uh, briefly mentioned it, uh, two straight Heisman Trophy winners, two straight uh, number one overall picks with uh, Kyler Murray and uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, of course, now uh, with ba- or with uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, as the presumed uh, favorite, although there hasn't been a declaration that it's it's uh, almost all but official, you would have to think. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what uh, you think uh, Jalen Hurts, as he takes over the reins from Kyler Murray, uh, how he'll do and in, in what this Oklahoma offense uh, might look like in 2019. Uh, you know, to be honest, I think it'll be – We'll see an offense that looks more similar to the one that Kyler Murray ran versus the one that Baker Mayfield ran. Uh, and just in terms of, you know, the quarterback run, uh, just the whole the, the RPO, that, that game. Um, but obviously the biggest difference is that, you know, Kyler Murray was, this, you know, just an exceptional athlete, you know, shades of Mike Vick. And Hurts, he's a great athlete, but he's, he's no Kyler Murray as far as, like, the way he can move on the field, but you know, he, where he lacks in speed and agility, he definitely makes up for in strength. So I think, but I, I do think part of hurts choosing to come to Oklahoma was he wanted to, I don't know, kind of get the, the most out of his ability as far as the thrower, um, because he does 
want to you know at least go for the NFL and in the NFL you have to throw so uh, what better I guess you know place to to go to try to polish your passing than Oklahoma is <laughs> judging by the last couple drafts it seems like they're doing pretty well so I think you know, one thing that really impresses me about this offense what I'm really looking forward to is what whoever is the quarterback which it'll probably be Jalen Hurts who he has around him as far as skill position the receivers are as loaded as i've seen them and probably since lincoln riley's been here and same goes for the the running backs um i just i think that part of it those guys will help him out there's there's so much veteran experience in those positions so yeah i think he'll, he'll be he'll be all right but they probably won't be scoring 50 points a game definitely not um i, I would be surprised if it's anywhere close to that but um I don't think it'll be it'll be too far of a drop off. Well, and if there's much of a drop off at all, and hi there, this is uh, Drew. Um, hey. Oklahoma last year uh, was in a bit of a state of flux in terms of defense. I mean, their defensive numbers weren't horrible, ranking in the mid 50s in the S and P plus uh, last year, I believe. Uh, but Mike Stoops, of course, the long-tenured uh, defense coordinator at Oklahoma, uh, was shown the door. Ruffin McNeil took over. Uh, he was relieved of his duties. And now uh, they hired Alex Grinch, who, like Ruffin McNeil, also had experience under uh, Mike Leach when he was over at Washington State. And then, of course, was the co-coordinator uh, at Ohio State for a bit. Uh, but what do you think uh, – how do you think Grinch is going to do with defense this year? A defense that should have some more experience um, than they did last year. And, and do you think that Grinch will be able to uh, put out a defensive unit that can take some of the pressure and leave a little more room for air on the offense? Defense? What is that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that That's definitely been the, I would say, the biggest talking point this offseason is with Grinch and the Grinch and the whole defense, and yeah, just what a shocking polar opposite that was last season, and really over the last couple seasons with the OU. Um, I think, I mean, it's you would like to think, at least an, an OU fan would like to think that it can't get any worse. Um, but I think the 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 real thing that gives most most uh, who follow the Sooners kind of optimism for improvement is. His track record is namely at Washington State, Grinch's track record at Washington State, especially with him bringing in Roy Manning and Brian Odom also, who were with him for uh, – Manning was with him all three years, and he's the cornerback's coach now at OU. And then Odom, he was a quality control assistant or something, but for two years. So it's like so many of those pieces that were so pivotal for turning around the Cougars' defense are now – at OU, and they're pretty much facing the same uh, predicament, at least starting out um, ranked, you know, in the bottom hundred of virtually every major stat uh, defensive category. So I think that's what gives a lot of fans hope is that they did it before. And I mean, I'm sure Oklahoma is still recruiting better than Washington State as far as like the caliber of players. So hopefully you would think they could be able to pull it off again. Um how it'll look different versus with Mike Stoops, um, just aggression. Uh, 
that's kind of been the thing. Like the the moniker they've been going with is Speed D, and I guess I think he's brought that he's carried that with him. Alex Grinch has uh, wherever he's been, and he calls it Speed D. So it's it's about speed, about getting faster at every position. You know, flying to the ball. You know, not just one guy bringing down a ball carrier. Like everybody swarming defense, um, trying you know really creating havoc, trying to get in the passing lanes, uh, create turnovers, and that was another major area major problem for Oklahoma last year was forcing turnovers they only had about six six interceptions and I don't know maybe five fumbles uh, fumble recoveries last season which was near the bottom of the entire nation um so that's that's a that's one of the biggest differences that he you know as far as his goals are for this team and I don't think we'll see much of that until maybe year two um even though he's had the whole spring and now he's in the fall with them. I just think that it's such a wholesale change that, you know, if I was, I, w- I wouldn't bet on the defense being, you know, a top 50 defense or anything anytime soon, but um, just any improvement at all is really what people want to see. Um, he has the experience. That's for sure. OE returns. I think I, I I went back and counted about 14 guys with multiple starts in their history, um, not including guys like Caleb Kelly or Trey Norwood who have been basically ruled out for the season. Um, but yeah, I mean he he'll have a little bit of a cushion this year, but uh, he better show some improvement at the same time. We're speaking with uh, Seth Oliveris uh, of Crimson and. Machine, uh, Seth. Quick, one thing I uh, would be interested to hear your thoughts on, real quick, is uh, something that you mentioned with the offense, uh, with uh, with Jalen Hurts, maybe a little bit more focused on on the run game potentially this year. Do you see uh, kind of maybe a I wouldn't say necessarily a, a slowed down tempo necessarily from from OU. I know they're going to continue to score points and they're going to do it as quickly as they can. But do you think – do you foresee any type of maybe a slowing a little bit in tempo or playing a little bit more complementary football uh, that might also further assist that defense? You know, that's an interesting question because um, as far as, like, time of possession goes, I feel like it could be about the same. But that would that's including my, I guess, belief that the defense will get – a little more soft instead of giving up these like 15 yard or 15 play drives. But yeah, uh, last year's offense was, was pretty, pretty fast. And, and yeah, as soon as they, they got going, they really just went, they, they went for it. Um, they didn't spend too much time on the field uh, to do what they needed to do. So yeah, I, th- I think it'll definitely slow down a bit, especially with Hertz. Like one thing I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but, yeah, Hertz has been here since January, but Baker and Kyler both had a, over a year of like getting to know the offense behind the scenes before they ever started. And so, you know, Hertz just has this one off season to kind of get it. But I, I guess on the other hand, he has tons of experience just in the completely different setting. But, yeah, I think it'll slow down a bit. They'll focus more on the run game. They definitely want to focus more on the run game, but I think that'll also have to do with the the offensive line, which needs to replace four or five starters, which that's probably the biggest concern. For me, that's the biggest concern on the entire team is that offensive line. You know, if they can 
come together, you know, before before the schedule gets difficult, then, then you know we'll we'll see where they this team goes. But yeah, I think they I think they want to yeah kind of pace themselves a little bit more than they have in the past couple of years. And staying on offense, uh, real quick. I mean, that OU has quite a bit of star power and familiar faces uh, on the offensive side of the ball, at least with the skill position players. I mean, Jalen Hurts, C.D. Lamb, Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, T.J. Pledger. That's a that's quite a familiar uh, list of names, especially uh, around the Big Twelve. Um, but is there anybody? else under the radar that uh, you expect to have a breakout year uh, aside from any of those guys? Braden Willis, for sure. Um, he's a, a, let me see. He, yeah. So he, he played in all or in 13 games last season, but mostly on special teams. But he's a fullback. Um, I would say shades of Dimitri flowers, which, you know, a couple years ago, he was probably the biggest mismatch and Swiss army knife kind of, player on OU's offense uh and yeah this guy he's you know 6'3 235 he's he's definitely built built for that position in the way Lincoln Riley kind of uh kind of likes to employ it um yeah I think yeah he only had one catch last year it was a 29 yard catch against Baylor but uh he's he's definitely been turning heads in practice he was, he was doing a lot of it last season too it's just he was Really, just it's it's such a blocking heavy position. Obviously, also they just went with the redshirt senior Carson Meyer last year, which was which was okay. But he's definitely not the receiving threat that uh, Willis should be. So yeah, Braden Willis is definitely the guy. Um, I think it, you know, kind of well to most people will seem like he came out of nowhere, but for a lot of Sooners, they're kind of a lot of Sooner fans are they're really looking forward to him. Well, that's an interesting uh, note to uh, to keep in uh, keep in our back of our minds here with all this firepower on on Oklahoma's uh, on Oklahoma's roster at, at all the skill positions that you throw in a fullback. Uh, it, it, most K State fans and most fans around the Big Twelve don't even probably know that Oklahoma even has a fullback listed on the roster. But that's that's some really good stuff. We'll be interested to see how that goes throughout the season. Um, well, Seth, uh, thank you again for spending some time with us today. Uh, before we let you go, uh, we like to do this thing called uh, three and out, uh, three quick questions uh, for you. And I know Oklahoma fans, uh, and, and I'm sure that you're wondering what, what a three and out is exactly uh, with the, the kind of offense that Oklahoma's had. I actually looked this up. Uh, OU, uh, best I could tell last year, went three and out only 17 times. Okay. Which I was honestly surprised there was even that many. Yeah, that's uh, that's surprising to me. I would have thought single digits. <laughs> well, when you consider the pace, I mean, they yeah. have a lot more possessions than most other teams, so that's True. pretty remarkable, uh, especially given the uh, the pace OU runs. And you know, just I was just thinking too. I think that OU offense last year was about the best offense I've seen in college football in some time. So when I saw 17, I was I had to actually you know scratch my head a little bit, but that's at least what I was able to find. But uh, here we go, Seth. Uh, three quick questions for you. Uh, other than Texas, who is, you know, by a wide margin, uh, the um, the second place team here by pretty much anyone that is, is uh, filling out a um, their Big 12 preview, uh, penciling Texas and OU 
uh, for a a Big 12 championship game, a rematch of last year's, of course. Um, Other than Texas, uh, who do you see as the biggest threat to end Oklahoma's streak of uh, four straight Big 12 titles? Iowa State, for sure. Yeah, Matt Campbell's got the the Cyclones trending in a very, very good direction. And I'm that's probably the most nervous game I'll be uh, most nervous I'll be for any game this season other than Texas. No, that's good answer. Well, we'll uh, Iowa State uh, picked third by the by the media in the Big 12. It'll be definitely interested to see. And that's uh, that's a game where they uh, will, will welcome uh, Iowa State and Norman, of course, where uh, last time the Cyclones were there, they upset the uh, Sooners. <laughs> so revenge will certainly be uh, on the mind there, I would suppose. Um, oh, with yeah. Lincoln Riley, uh, no question a, um, a guy who has been a dynamo ever since he's got to Oklahoma offensively as an offensive coordinator. And, uh, of course, now as a head coach, uh, has, has gotten the Sooners uh, to where they haven't really missed a beat uh, after Bob Stoops had retired. How much longer do you think uh, Lincoln Riley will uh, remain the head coach at Oklahoma? And I think I think if he can make it past this season, if, if he's still around for 2020, I think it'll be a, at least another five seasons. But this is this is this upcoming offseason. For some reason, it just feels like if 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 it's if it's going to happen soon, I feel like it could happen after this season. So. I think if it's not after this season, maybe in the mid-2020s. But otherwise, it, I could see it definitely happening in January. <laughs> That'll be definitely interesting to see. I mean, with, uh, with the way college coaches have uh, been kind of the flavor, uh, I guess, of NFL coaching searches, uh, with, of course, Cliff Kingsbury going to uh, the Arizona Cardinals, You'd have to think that uh, Lincoln Riley would uh, be able to have his pick of almost any uh, coaching job on the carousel. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys, who are my favorite team, have, that's always been a rumor, but uh, we shall see. I hope uh, Lincoln Riley stays in college for um, as long as he can. He certainly fits the profile, too. A young, offensive-minded yeah. guru yep. with good quarterbacks. I mean, at least with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, yeah, yeah. Riley seems like yeah, he actually Kingsbury won something, on steroids. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, Seth, uh, thank you again for spending some time with us. The final question for you. Uh, Oklahoma's season win total uh, is set at 10 and a half. Uh, if you were a betting man, where would you, uh, where would your wager, uh, what side of that would uh, you come down on? Uh, over, but probably just over. Just I'm going 11 and one regular season. I think a loss comes in November. The, that four-game stretch, Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, that – I think there's a loss in there, honestly. And that's, I mean, obviously, if they lose to Texas also before that, then they could be under. But I think they'll get past Texas, but I do see November being pretty dicey. Well, uh, it'll be something certainly we'll be uh, keeping an eye on. Of course, Oklahoma, uh, no doubt the favorite in the Big 12 as they look uh, to get back to the college football playoff. And, uh, you know, I was actually listening to some uh, college sports radio on, on Sirius the other day. And the matchup that I have wanted to see is Oklahoma versus Alabama, uh, Jalen Hurts versus Tua Tagovailoa. I think that would have some great intrigue, and I would like to see OU get another shot at Alabama. Oh, same here, same here. <laughs> well, thank you again, Seth. Uh, we'll be sure to keep in touch with you throughout the season, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what uh, OU uh, does this season. It'll be definitely fun to watch. 
Thanks again. Definitely look forward to it as well. <laughs> All right. Take care, Seth. Yeah, you too. All right. That was Seth Oliveris. Uh, find him on Twitter at Seth Oliveris. And, uh, of course, his work again at uh, Crimson and Cream Machine. And, uh, Dilu, you have to look at Oklahoma. Uh, as we had mentioned, uh, you know, I don't think it's any surprise that uh, expectations are high again in Norman, and they expect to be uh, right back in, in, uh, in Arlington for the uh, Big 12 championship and, uh, you know, making another run at a, at a national title uh, for uh, the boys in Norman. Yeah, and I, as we talked about uh, on the call and uh, bef- before the call, uh, it's. I think the question mark is just going to come down to whether or not uh, the offense can maintain its. Well, let me let me rephrase. The offense isn't going to maintain its level. I mean, we saw the, over the last two years. We it saw would be, it'd be truly something if they did. Yeah, really incredible numbers uh, that we just haven't seen before in college football in terms of uh, efficiency. And so the question is. How much of a drop-off are we going to see on the offensive side? And is the defense going to be able to improve enough to uh, make up for that relative drop-off? And and that's the question, and I think that's what's going to be really interesting to watch as we see the two sides of the football. I expect that gap to be to close just because I expect the defense to improve and the offense to uh, face a little regression. Yeah, I think we both have very similar views of this team. Uh, when you look at their schedule... Um, non-con is a little interesting, um, kicking it off with Houston, which is a, a pretty capable team, uh, get a, a cupcake with South Dakota, and then go on the road uh, to the Rose Bowl uh, against UCLA. You have to expect OU is going to be 3-0 after that uh, before they open up a conference play against Texas Tech. So, Really, when you look at this schedule, it's tough. I know we asked Seth his opinion on uh, at ten and a half wins. Even when OU has has won the conference title uh, here in past years, they've slipped up once or twice during the regular season, and every time, um, you have to really kind of squint uh, to start looking for a lot of games that OU is going to find themselves on the short end of. Well, yeah, I mean, I expect them. Uh Looking at their schedule now, I'd expect them to be favored in every game with uh, the lone exception being maybe Texas, depending on how depending Texas on things, looks. Yeah, depending uh, on how things start off for the for the Horns this year. Yeah, um, but even then, I, I would, if I was picking this line today, I'd probably put OU as a three, two and a half, three and a half point favorite. You think so? Is that is that low? I would have thought. Yeah, no, I don't think that's bad by any stretch. I th- I would say I would say probably less than a touchdown. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Anywhere to say. from a two yeah. and a half to six and a half range. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's about exactly but, right. So I think you know the Red River is going to be tough. Uh, they do get Iowa State at home, which I think is beneficial for them. Sure. Uh, just because Iowa State. Um, could be a bit of a wild card this year, uh, and then uh, Bedlam, of course. I think we'll throw out the record book there. Kinda. I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but but it's but I, but at this point, I'm ready to buy into that cliche. If uh, Cornelius hits uh, on that two point conversion, passes a little bit behind the receiver, 
they take a lead, but I don't know if Oklahoma State is going to have enough uh, to stop Oklahoma from just getting in field goal range at the end of that game. But Oklahoma State and Oklahoma always play in, in tight, uh, you know, offensive shootouts. So really in those games, uh, it is throughout the record books. Well, and there's one other game on here that I think could be a – that has the potential for being tricky, and that's a uh, November 16th contest in Waco for the Sooners. You were I, I'm looking over here at your computer, and I thought you were going to go someplace else with that. I thought you had your eye, or your mouse over there on the uh, K-State <laughs> Well, there's game. one more game. I was going to say, <laughs> they, well. they take a uh, October 26th trip to Manhattan, but, man, uh, last year at least, it, uh, I don't have – a lot of confidence. Although their last trip to Manhattan wasn't a walk in the park either. So. No, sure, certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't. Well, uh, we will get into our Big 12 predictions here a little bit later. Uh, but I think suffice to say uh, from our uh, conversations with Seth and, of course, what um, you know our beforehand conversation and uh, here on the on the kind of the wrap up here and the reaction of this. I think we both have Oklahoma uh, getting back to uh, Arlington this year for a Big 12 uh, championship game appearance. I think that's. Uh, I think I'm willing to go there. I would be shocked if they slipped to third. Sure. Um, in the conference, but uh, who knows? Yep, things can happen, and uh, you know maybe someone else uh, rises up in the Big 12 and, and makes it uh, a little bit more of a compelling uh, race than what seems to be. Uh, for some, a foregone conclusion that'll be an OU Texas rematch uh, in in Arlington in a Red River shootout part two. So that will do it here for the short side option Oklahoma preview. Uh, up next on the tour through the Big Twelve, we uh, we go out to the mountains. Colorado? No, the Appalachians, Appalachia, oh. and we uh, we speak with. Uh, uh, Jay Glance uh, of the Smoking Musket, uh, where he gets us caught up and uh, what's going on here in, in, in the mountains with West Virginia. And, of course, uh, Neil Brown uh, taking over there. So uh, we'll be interested to hear what he says. But uh, thanks again to Seth for making some time to talk some OU football with us. Uh, until next time on the Short Side Option, uh, we will uh, be back. Like I said, the, the Big 12 Tour rolls on here with West Virginia up next. Take care.